M. Rossiano. What? Am I putting a googie egg up my joots? And Michael Lucas. It did seem like an extremely high risk, very low reward strategy. <laughs> this is M. Salation. Don't send me your thoughts and prayers. I don't give a shit about them. Don't send me your laughter and light. Don't send me anything. Send me gin and your Netflix password. You're in M. Salation. Hello, darlings. Welcome to this week's episode of Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a podcaster, and a maximalist power queen. I have the power, Shira. Oh, it's just to like want Shira and He-Man to get together. And I mean, I was pretty devastated when I found out they were brother and sister. You know? Did you ever? I just, I really wanted them to get together. I'm wearing a Shira Princess of Power t-shirt today, which is why my brain is on Shira. But my brain is never far from Shira. I'll be honest. I'm wearing red sequin pants also because, you know what, a daytime sequin, look, not enough can be said about a daytime sequin. It's just, it's a surprise and delight. You know, it just sets the intention for the day. I dress how I want to feel. And I wanted to feel like a retired showgirl out to brunch with her best gay friend and their 14 dogs drinking gins at two o'clock in the afternoon and probably capping it off with a dry martini. I've never really had a dry martini, but that feels like the appropriate drink for this scenario. Soon I'll be welcoming in my best friend. Oh God, I'm really trying not to get distracted. I, and now I'm, I've decided I'm not going to call it getting distracted now. I'm going to call it going on a mental side quest. Okay, I go on a lot of mental side quests and our little sojourn to the showgirl lunch was a side quest. I hope you enjoyed it. But we're back on track now. Shortly, I'll be welcoming my co-host, my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter Michael Lucas. Did I already say that? This is honestly my eighth attempt at this intro, so who fucking knows? Probably. Anyway, this week he'll be joining me to discuss, well, Benefer's PDA. Obviously, you didn't think that we could allow this moment to pass footage has surfaced of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck pashing and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I love them. I'm just, anyway, stop, save it, save it, Em. We also talk about Chrissy Teigen. It's a very complicated situation. If you're not across it, we'll bring you across it. And it's a whole segment that we have honestly tried before and I had it removed because I'm really nervous about discussing the notion of cancel culture or if the whole thing, what it, what is it? Is it a thing? Why is it a thing? Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> I'm so nervous about it. I'm even nervous now. So we try and add something to that discussion. I don't know. And then finally, ScoMo took a picture out front of a pub and everyone is pissed off. We talk about that. But how's your week been? Have you been good? Have you been feeling okay? I've had a good week. My tour has been rescheduled, which is super exciting. Live and Unleashed. We have new dates. We also have some new shows because Brisbane, there's two seats left, I think. So Brisbane, we've put on another show for you guys. And I know I was originally clashing with Joel Greasy and we share a massive audience. So I know we do, but we do. So actually it makes total sense when you think about it. So um, there's an all new, new show for you, Brisbane, if you're hoping to come. All the information, though, is at frontiertouring.com forward slash mrussiano or all over my socials, basically. But the uh, the new shows, they go on sale today. If you're listening on Thursday, the 17th of June, if you are one of those people that listens straight away, I appreciate you. Thank you. That helps us on the charts. The tickets are on sale at 11 a.m. today. So um, get on that for Frontier members. There's so much information around the rescheduling of my tour that I have immense anxiety over it and I can't. I can't get it all in my head, but just what I want to say to you is 
please, I know a lot of you are organised mothers and or organised lesbians and or organised gay men. If you're a heterosexual man that has stumbled in here, welcome. I applaud you. I love you. You're going to grow so much and learn so many things. But everyone else, I know that a lot of you are super organised power people. So all I'm going to say to you is please go and buy tickets to my show because it's how mummy pays the bills. She's really good at it. And all the information can be found if you just Google it because I can't give it all to you now because I can't. It's through to my brain and this is the eighth attempt at an intro or ninth. I don't know. I'm looking ninth because I couldn't do it all. So just trust me. Emrociano, Live and Unleashed, Frontier Touring. If you Google that, you'll get it all. The internet can be an amazing place. It can also be a narcissistic pit of spiders, but it's also a place where you can find information on my shows. The other exciting thing I want to tell you is that the Emsolation hoodies are coming. Uh, if you've not seen the design, it's at our Instagram page, at Emsolation Podcast. You need to be following that because it is the Bible to this show. It's the heart and soul. It's the cliff notes. My daughter runs it. It's a great Instagram page. But the design is there. Jess from the brand High Tees. She drew it for us and it's a masterpiece. To be honest, I'm, you'll see it involves the unicorn, the magical unicorn of death and the enchanted seahorse of hope. They're there and they're going to be on sale in a few weeks. $79.95, inclusive sizing, of course. That's very exciting. Yeah, I've had a pretty good week. I'm just going to exhale. I just realised how fast I've probably been speaking. Did you think that you had it sped up to like double? Sometimes I listen to things on double because I need things to be faster. But you don't need me to be faster. If anything, you need me to put myself on 0.5 speed. Just chill the fuck out, lady. I've had a good week. We've got some good news. The podcast is going gangbusters on Spotify. They're really happy. Um, look at me just chatting like we're on the phone. I'm just telling you about my week. Like, you care. Well, maybe you care. I don't know. Yeah, the tool's back on. I told you that. I've been throwing a lot of big walks into Wivers with my two-year-old son. You guys, no one told me about the rock situation with sons. Not all sons. I know. I appreciate that. But my son, I don't know if your son did it, but we're in a real heavy walk phase and I'm finding walks in places they should not be. Just everywhere. They turn up in my washing machine, in my dishwasher, in my bra, in my undies, in my shoes, in my car. Walks, 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 walks. And he loves them so much. And now I found myself like taking photos of them when I'm out to show you. So if you ever see me hunched over on the side of the road taking a picture of something, it's me in a walk, you know? So I've been doing a lot of that. Why was I talking about walks? I can't even, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you. I've been spending a lot of time with Elio, which I've really been enjoying. I've been crafting. I've been making lamps. I had a craft emergency. I was feeling very frayed at the edges. So I just, you know, decided to get some fabric from Spotlight. God, I love Spotlight. This is, this is an unsolicited ad. Spotlight, if anyone's listening and you want to sponsor this podcast, oh my God. I was thinking about a good idea for a show would be me doing like hardcore craft, but you know, doing it in my way. So I'd be like, grab the glue gun and put all that shit on there, but don't burn the shit out of your fingers. And we could sing. So it's a bit like sweary craft instructionals that are really not accurate, but in the end you'll get a half decent product. John, you know I, I, I think that. All right. Time to bring Michael Lucas in. <laughs> She snorted. MDV, just leave it in. Just let everyone know that this is not a slick operation in any way. I can't do a tenth. How long has this been going? Eight minutes. I set myself a target of four. Shit. All right, that's enough from me. Thank you for being here. You know I love you. You know I appreciate you. It's an honour for you to listen to us. (laughs) 
That's the wrong thing. <laughs> Play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Hello, Michael Lucas. Hello, Amelia Rossiano. I'm super nervous because the topic that we're going to hit on in the middle is fraught, but we're going to bravely push on. But first, (laughs) to butter everyone up, to lube the ears and the souls and the hearts and the minds and the opinions of our listeners, we will start with Benefer. Mm -hmm. Now, you sent me a text message in all capital letters that said, MUST Watch. I know. And I, I just was very careful to just go with two words because I needed to get it to you so fast. I couldn't I couldn't even get a complete sentence. It just had to be. Even the I did capitalise them. Yeah. And the, even that just that single stroke, I'm like, oh, you've delayed a quarter of a second there. But she needs to be, <laughs> this needs to be in her eyeballs ASAP. You know me so well because otherwise I just won't watch. I'll watch it later in bed. Like you mm. knew you had to capture the ADHD adult mind in the moment. Mm. And it worked. I was mm. like, Holy shit, it's in all caps and it's not like an essay because he's a writer and he's always got to remind me he's a writer and he's good with words. But you just went hard. Oh, I, can I just say, I threw myself on the, uh, I mean, I sacrificed myself. I didn't even watch the full clip before I sent it to you. I saw <laughs> what it was and I'm like, oh, she's got the most important thing is that this, she gets to mainline it. I see your sacrifice and I appreciate it. <laughs> so um, this is our equivalent of a World War One <laughs> campaign. No, I'm kidding, that's terrible. No, it's not. <laughs> Nah, it's all right. So the video was, we haven't even told people what the video was. I think they've probably guessed. We just spent three minutes discussing how amazing it was that you sent it without watching it. Now, the sacrifices for our friendship. So basically it was a kind of dodgily filmed video of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck at Nobu Malibu, which, by the way, if anyone knows anything about Nobu Malibu, that's the place you go when you want to be photographed by the paparazzi. Like, you may as well wear a big fucking T-shirt that says, take my photo. If they didn't go, they could have literally gone to any other establishment to eat. But if you are picking Nobu Malibu, it's like a big statement. They wanted to be photographed. And the video was on someone's dodgy iPhone. So, mum, it would be me. I can imagine it's me going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just get it. <laughs> um, it's shaking. It's moving. And they captured a canoodling, mid-canoodle mm. of J-Lo and Ben Affleck. But the interesting thing about the canoodle was that it was for Jennifer Lopez's sister, Linda Lopez. What a name. It was her 50th. I'm sorry I know so much about this. <laughs> <laughs> and the 13-year-old twins were there. Wait, what? E- uh, I've written e- the Emmy? Name. Or something like Emmy. Emmy and Max. Yeah. I remembered Emmy because that's my name, yeah, but I course, forgot Max. Yeah, of course. Me too. The children she had with Mark Anthony. Yes. And Mark Anthony was there. <gasps> wow. They're really digging in. The ex-husband and the kids have met The new boyfriend, although the old boyfriend of 17 years ago. But it is on dot (laughs) com. I wasn't expecting these developments, at least until the Christmas season. So they're really fast tracking. But I imagine, I mean, I haven't had the experience of getting back together with an ex from 17 years ago. But I imagine maybe you can just sort of slot back in pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it's like a comfy pair of tracksuit pants. (laughs) The elastic band is maybe... 
worn out a bit, but you can still pop them on and feel, you know, I, and, and I'm not referring to JLo's vagina as comfy tracks or pants, <laughs> or for anyone makes that correlation, I won't have you besmirch a probably pristine, stunning vagine. <laughs> All I'm saying is the relationship is probably like a comfy pair of tracksuit pants. I mean, if anyone's a pair of grey stained tracksuit pants in this scenario, it isn't J-Lo. It's fucking Ben Affleck. Let's be real here. It is real. But I reckon he's – we, we give a lot of props for how well how good she looks. I, he does look better than he's looked for many a long year. He looks fit. He look, don't you Babes. think? Babes. He walked through J-Lo's door and her team of gays went, right, <laughs> head to toe. <laughs> All the body hair, the bags gone, Botox, tan, jewellery, outfits. Like, he went through a full makeover montage because if you enter into Lopez land, you've got to have the makeover montage, and he got it. That's right. It's a, it's absolutely a criteria of entry. I want to know what they made of because he does have that rising like a phoenix tattoo, doesn't he? Don't yes. you remember? And yes. I wonder what the J-Lo style team have to say about that. Is he just going into emergency tattoo removal phase? Yeah. I would definitely say J-Lo has some lasers at her house because I don't know what she's doing with her face and body, but I'm certain it involves lasers. And I reckon the tattoo removal of the large phoenix wings on the back is number one on the list. I don't think we'll be seeing shots of Ben Affleck topless for a while because I think her team of montage makeover gays are working on the, the back tattoo. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty I totally. sure. I think you turned into the house and they said, Ben, just don't ask questions. It's just going to be a twilight sedation. You'll be fine. <laughs> just trust. <laughs> so, look, I'm fully invested. It's all I think about. It's all I want to talk about. Like, it's been viewed 5 million times. I am 4.9 million of those times. And <laughs> they look happy. Hmm. Like, even if this is an act, I don't even care. The look, they just look I don't know, I got butterflies for her. I got. I just felt like, oh, she's in love. <laughs> and I don't care if this is just a shove it up A-Rod's perfectly tanned ass. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I have been, I'm bought in. I'm invested. Hook, line and sinker. I want a T-shirt. I want to be in. I want, oh, my God. Michael, I just realised there could be a wedding. Oh, oh! That, that has been among the very first things that I thought of. Can you imagine? I can. I am. I'm, my brain's short-circuiting. I'm just thinking about all the things. I mean, she, her wedding dress will have to have cutouts. I mean, I want chaps. I want wedding chaps for J-Lo. I want the full, like, oh, my God. I want, like, what she did with the inauguration, where she takes church music but adds her own classic song lyrics yes. into Let's it. Let's get loud. Yes. 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 Like she, she might sing a bit of Amazing Grace, but then she'll weave in just a touch of If You Had My Love in there as well, in spiritual form. I want it in lyrics. I want lyrics and vows. Oh, yeah. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I've got. <laughs> ben, I'm still Jenny, Jenny from the block. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. Like, I feel like that's what we want from JLo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've lubed everyone up with enough benefit for us. Time to get into the tricky, tricky, tricky subject of Chrissy Teigen. God, and I want everyone to know, full transparency, we've tried to do this before and a couple eps ago and I made our editor, MDV, cut it out. I know, we went for a solid 20 minutes and then I tuned into the episode and I'm like, hang on a second, something's dropped away here. <laughs> but you were, you were flagging at the end of it, you're like, oh, we'll probably have to cut this out, I'm not sure about this, I'm not sure about it. I could feel you <laughs> retreating from it the further we got into it. Well, because 
it's such a complex topic that hasn't been figured out yet and I want to say something new and smart and meaningful on it but I also don't want it to happen to me so let's <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah it's half wanting to contribute to the discussion in a nuanced intelligent way and the other half just want to save your ass want to cover all the bases I mean you pretty much described my life experience like that <laughs> that is my experience on planet earth that's right that plus sequence <laughs> that's you pretty much and now Benefer but I just <sighs> It's become even more prevalent, and I and I hate the term cancel culture, but that notion of cancel culture is something so discussed now, and we need to all understand why. Because of the pandemic, all our interpersonal relations and everything and our outside lives have now become inside online lives. Because out of safety, we had to. Where, where, where M once had a marriage, now she has clicking on Ben and Jennifer. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and it's a good relationship. It's She's a getting a lot out of it. She's very so satisfied. Much. Mate. But I think, yeah, because so much of 2020 was spent indoors online, like Facebook reported in some countries where it was, you know, the pandemic was worse. They had a 70% increase in the use of their platform. 70%. Mm. So the online life became more important or as important as people's offline lives. Mm -hmm. This is why we're so all up in each other's business. So on Monday, Chrissy Teigen published a very long apology in which she called herself a troll and, you know, said sorry for all the hurt she caused the people that she had kind of targeted online. Now, this all blew up on May 10th. Courtney Stodden did an interview in which they recalled how Chrissy sent them a series of DMs and tweets when they were a teenager. Courtney Stodden now identifies as non-binary. At the time, she was identifying as a woman. Mm -hmm. She was a 16-year-old woman who had married a 54-year-old man and was getting called all matter of things online, you know, gold digger, blah, blah, blah. Interestingly, no one went for the guy. They all went for the 16-year-old girl. Mm. She's since come out as non-binary. At the time, Chrissy Teigen sent a 16-year-old girl a series of horrendous DMs and public tweets in, you know, some of them saying, I, I hope you take a dirt nap. I hope you die. Mm. Yeah. So Courtney did an interview on May 10th and brought all this up again and to which Chrissy responded and apologised and said, you know, I'm horrified that I did that, I apologise. But then Courtney graciously accepted the apology but said, I didn't actually see it and no one's reached out to me from her team privately because Chrissy has still got me blocked on Twitter. And then there were other, as tends to happen, other things started being unearthed as well. Like the stuff Sarah, about Lindsay yeah. Lowen. Saying, yeah. yeah. Every time, yeah. what was it? Emma, every time Emma Stone gets a role, Lindsay Lohan adds a slit to her wrist or something. It was really, it was yeah. horrible. Yeah. And Farah Abraham, who was on MTV Teen Mums, she sold a sex tape for a million dollars. And Chrissy tweeted, Farah Abraham now thinks she's pregnant from her sex tape. In other news, you're a whore and everyone hates you. <laughs> Farah Abraham was also a teenager at the time. And now, since fashion designer Michael Costello has come forward and said that Chrissy came for him also, but this is a more complicated situation because he's been accused of some racist tweets, which he said were fake. So that is another situation that is currently unfolding. All that aside, Chrissy did publish this enormous six-page apology, right? And I read it and initially I was like, okay, that's pretty thorough. 
you know, she said, she's, I mean, I've got some of it written here, but people need to go read it. Yeah, you, you do need to set aside about half an hour to sit down and get It's a long one. It's a really yes. long one. She said, I've apologised publicly to one person, but there are others and more than just a few that I need to say sorry to. There is simply no excuse for my past horrible tweets. My targets didn't deserve them. No one does. She also talked about how she's been in therapy, how she was a troll, how she was an attention sick. So she kind of... I think said everything she would have assumed everyone was saying about her, that she was, you know, a fame whore, that she was trying to get notoriety, that she was trying to be relatable and all those things. So what did you think when you read it? Well, <laughs> a lot of things, basically. I mean, it was a long thing. So much like a novel, I had a few different experiences. I, overall, I did I did genuinely feel that she had felt enormous pain and remorse. And I didn't doubt that she was ashamed. And I didn't doubt that it was genuine. The longer that it went, the more I realised it was about framing her re-entry to... Um, like, she started actively talking about, you know, I'm going to come back online now and I hope to still give joy. So it did... Uh, I'm I'm sort of fine with public apology. I think apologising in general can be a really good thing to do, especially if you're feeling it. it it's only dodgy if it feels like you're apologising to get uh, as a means to an end. But I, f- I felt like it was genuine. But as it went on, I started to feel like sometimes it's good to just own it and apologise without doing any kind of stage setting for your return. Just Just leave it at that and then let it sit. What was your reaction? Well, here's where it gets complicated. <laughs> and life is. Can we all remember that life is messy and complicated and the internet doesn't often allow for that? No, and, and but ironically, the internet has complicated everything further. Like, I mean, it's adds so many complexities to things. And then mysteriously also as a platform where you, it's very, very hard to capture that complexity. So uh, mm. we're all screwed. And we're also the first batch of humans to have to deal with this. Like, as you know, so, I mean, we should cut people some slack, but go, yes. I I think people sit in front of the internet thinking that people are black and white, that there's no grey, that you're either good or bad, that good people can't do bad things. They can and have and will continue to do so. And Mm. for me, it just felt, you know, her saying, oh, I'm going to come back online now, it's like, so I'm over it, I've done the work, I'm good. So, you know, you guys do what you want to do, but I'm just going to be here living my best life as a better person. And I don't doubt that she has done the work and I know that she's had a horrendous year. Mm. I don't think that she's a bad person. She seems to be a decent human who did some really shitty stuff. And they were shitty. I think it's important to say that. Like You can read a few things where it's like, oh, well, who hasn't said something horrible online? But to be honest, as much as, you know, obviously I could look back on things that I said and thought and did 10 years ago. No, you're pretty close to pure. I was never telling anyone to. No, you you are one person who I don't think anyone's going to be able to go through your tweets and fault you. Oh, I, I don't. Oh, well, I don't no. agree. I think they can even go through the shows that I've made that are ten years old now and think, mm, you wouldn't made that today. But, but there is. Mm. I think that there is a real. There's a real difference between. Yeah. Between that, the, to doing something that maybe is a little bit ignorant to something that no, is. What she did was calculated, yeah. targeted, and cruel. fucking shit. It was yeah. cruel. But, you know, does that mean that she for all of time is wiped out and doesn't get to contribute in a meaningful way and educate people and be better? I don't think so. No. But this is why it's complex because for me, Chrissy Teigen will always have that little post-it note metaphorically on her. 
Like yeah. anytime I see Chrissy, I'll be like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. You know, it, I'll always have that moment of, but. Yeah, and really, and, and, and not just listening to people that she's hurt in the past, but maybe, you know, helping them in a substantial way or trying to make actual, like, tangible reparations uh, as opposed to saying, I, I, I hear you and I'm, and I'm crying, and, but I'm, and I won't do it again. I, yeah. I think there are ways that you, especially someone with the wealth and resources of her, um, you know, I think there's also an opportunity for her to, frankly, put her money where her mouth is. I agree. <laughs> the putting the money where the mouth is is a big deal. But I would never say about pretty much anyone, oh, they're gone. No, yeah. Unless unless you've actually committed a crime. Yeah. In which case, obviously. But I think the idea that when the interpersonal... So stuff that happens between you and someone else is an interpersonal exchange. And if it's a bad one, when that heads online for a mass gathering of opinions, it's never going to end well. And that's kind of the problem. And that's, mm. that's what I'm most afraid of. You know, it, it could just take 30 people on Twitter to decide you've done something shitty. And then the press might pick up on it and it's still only 30 people, but then there's going to be articles written about it. And then the vast majority read those articles and assume it's everyone thinks that about you. Yeah. When in fact it was maybe only 30 people. Well, that is the, that's the tricky thing about, that's one of the things that we still am not, haven't figured out how to deal with the internet. And as you say, it's exactly right. It really only takes 30 people. If 30 people are committed to making noise about something, it can feel like a tidal wave, especially when the mainstream media starts reporting it. And and yeah, there there is a huge difference between, for example, example, you know, Harvey Weinstein, who is a criminal yeah. facing criminal charges versus someone who's, who's got, you know, who's had 30 tweets directed at them that are critiquing something that they've said or done or made. And it's a spectrum of shitty behavior, you know, yeah. and we need to remember that it's a spectrum of shitty behavior and the consequences match the action and the hurt that's been caused. And oftentimes it doesn't online, but the other side of it is yes, Cancel culture can cause mobs gathering together, shit, shit, shit. But let's not forget the power of being able to gather people online and discuss issues that come up and then figure out the new standards of what's okay and what isn't. People yeah. who it affects. Because traditionally, it's people in power making those decisions. Now, everyday people get to go online and say, hey, that's fucked. That's not okay. Yeah. When the Oscars got called out by, you know, a relatively unknown black woman, but Oscar's so white, yeah. she just flippantly threw that out like before going to work and that became a huge movement i i think that all of that is such an example of why why it's great that now yeah. that now i mean there's some scary things about everyone having access to the, a voice and a platform but there's brilliant things about it because people groups of people that you that never had a voice now do and 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 also when you go back and look at things like it is a bit like we've i know the term woke is um overused but but when you look at we were just totally okay with entertainment that was just often all about just white straight people. It's really funny to go back now and think, gee, when we were younger, when we were kids, we didn't think anything of it, really. That's the truth. But now people uh, have, have brought it to our attention and of course, and how could it's we shitty. have... Yeah, Most it's films shitty. films that we loved are problematic. Why did we... Every single thing that I watched as a kid was basically like a band of characters with one girl. Uh, what? Yeah. Like, what, what, how did this all happen from Dukes of Hazard to Star Wars to everything? It was just mysterious. I didn't even question it. Didn't even think about it. And I only know. knew better because I had experienced a tiny, you know, being Italian in an all Anglo school for my whole yeah. schooling, 12 years. I only noticed lack of things because of that. Do you know, and I'm still white. 
Yeah. You know, I'm just a different flavor of white. And I remember just seeing like, I remember thinking like, why is, why is there no Italian women? This is why I gravitated to Madonna so much. Mm. So this is why, you know, when we talk about black Captain America, why we talk about representation and white people roll their eyes, that's because white people have always been represented. White people have never had to look at a television show or a movie and go, oh, I don't see myself. That's yeah, just never been a thing. I've never even had to listen to anyone say we're just completely absent from the screens. But now now there's yeah. a way that that happens, which is, you know, so that's one of the good things about it. It's pretty, it's complex. I, it's so complex. And, you know, I want to really state again, I think it's very dangerous to think that the way to go about change is to harshly judge everyone. Mm. I think... That is a really dangerous concept of if you think we can change the world for the better and grow by just silencing those who are fucked up, we're dead in the water. If you're not going to allow people who have genuinely made mistakes, and I'm not putting Chrissy Teigen in this because I still don't know how I feel about that whole situation, and I don't, it's still a thought in progress. I probably shouldn't have done a podcast on it. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, you need to allow people to, learn from their mistakes because you can bet your fucking ass millions of other people have made the same innocuous mistake and haven't thought anything about it. Oh, yeah, and things are changing so quickly that we're all going to, like, it, it, it's a very yeah. rare person that is not going to oh. have something that they feel a little bit embarrassed about that they've said uh, a year ago. Even. 100%. Even, like, I'm, I'm regretting the last 10 minutes already. <laughs> <laughs> But I just, my opinion on this whole situation and on cancel culture is that I don't really have one. And that's okay. I think we all, whenever we go online, we need to remember, you don't have to have a solid opinion on something. Mm. I mean, I have the solid opinion on murder is bad, racism is bad, sexism is is bad. You know, all all the big hitters, I'm, I'm pretty solid on that stuff. But the tough, nuanced stuff, I'm not. And it's ever-changing and growing and evolving, and I think that's a healthy way to be in society. Let's be flexible on our opinions on stuff. Yeah. And, and I reckon let's also remember that there is going to be a time when we are telling our grandchildren we were there when the internet yeah. started. You know what? It was wild. People jumped wild. on the internet and they acted like it didn't matter what they said. And then 10 years after that, people were like in a frenzy <laughs> of like going down. Like it was the wild west. Yeah. yeah. And, and we are all going through it for the first time. And yeah. And as much as people bag out, like, or people are a bit skeptical of apologies or anything. And I, and there were elements of her apology that I, I still think by and large, Apologising is a good thing. In all, in all, if you if you feel it, as long as you feel yep. it, and as long yep. as you really mean what you're saying, I'm here for it. And and I do think, yeah, you, we've got to have the capacity for empathy and some form of forgiveness. Mm. And and I do want to absolutely apply the template of if she was a man, I don't know that the world would have been as intolerant of. His behaviour. Chris Teagan was a dude. I feel like when women behave in a certain predatory or yeah. strong way, Ellen, you know, I, I think that we come down harder on them because we get uncomfortable when women display characteristics that are nurturing and caring and soft and beautiful and, you know, helping people develop and grow. When women, you know, exhibit that type of behaviour, I think that we judge them in a, in a harsher way. I agree with you. I, I'm glad she apologised and I'm nitpicking an apology and I feel bad for that. But, yes, if you fuck up, apologise. The end. ScoMo! <laughs> Speaking of people who should consider an apology. <laughs> I'm really worried about everything we just said. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm getting told we need to just, like, have a chill out before okay. we address ScoMo. Go right. away. I'm okay. going to just, like, towel off and we'll come back. 
M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Okay, so ScoMo is in trouble because of a pub and QAnon. Please explain. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually not connected that much. Okay. (laughs) ScoMo, this has been, uh, we've been hearing about this for a while because Four Corners was working on this, this expose. One of ScoMo's very close family friends has basically gone down the path of QAnon big time. Big time. And he, both he and his son are so deep in QAnon that, that their family have been like calling terror hotlines and everything like that because they're that worried about how deep they are. They're really prominent members of QAnon. And I'm assuming that the audience by this stage is familiar with, you know, QAnon as in the world is run by satanic pedophiles. <laughs> and that's what most progressive or liberal that's people their, are. That's on all their taglines. That's on all their business cards. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So obviously it's a little bit of a worry to have a prime minister that is so close and they were really close they, that met through Jenny Jenny and this man's wife were really close oh, friends like bridesmaids Jenny. with oh. each other but up until quite recently this man was house sitting Kirribilli house which I didn't even know was part of the deal what? Yes, yes. Apparently, I wait, just would have assumed. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. Yeah. The prominent QAnon member was house sitting Kirribilli House. Not this, obviously pre-pandemic. But yes, uh. there were times when he said he was house sitting, and and I'm just deeply confused by that. I'm pretty sure when Joe Can Biden leaves the White the- House, he's what? not allowed to. He's not allowed to let anyone into house. But his wife was also working some in some role within Kirribilli House as well. So they were close. Okay. But nobody is suggesting that no. ScoMo believes in QAnon. No, but no. We are a little bit concerned that someone who has all this access yeah. is so deep in this particular conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, and so the Four Corners special was about you know, just digging into their relationship. And and the relationship was so tight that remember when ScoMo was infamously in Hawaii when the bushfires happened? That was on a family holiday with this other couple. So we're really, yeah, yeah. Like it it, it really went far. But the thing that was the most disturbing about it is um, that you might remember Scott Morrison had to deliver an apology to child victims of institutionalised sex abuse and it was a big deal and he did it really well. There are a whole lot of survivors of child sexual abuse institutionalised went to Parliament House and he did a really good speech and it it really had an impact. But the big expose was his QAnon mate was texting him and they had the receipts they could show you text to back this up and was asking ScoMo to change the official apology that he was delivering as Prime Minister to add in the words ritualised sex abuse because ritualised is a big thing in QAnon and it's like a, you know, that's that they believe that there are these pedophilic rituals and everything like that. So you were saying that got added in as a dog whistle? Yes. ScoMo wouldn't have known that it was a dog whistle because the guy was texting him going, yeah, just had it and it's going to mean so much. But yes, it was consciously delivered by this QAnon guy to basically be a dog whistle to QAnon believers all around the world. And I, it just blew my mind that this incredibly carefully worded apology that on the day of ScoMo would add a word that his mate had told him to add 
But he did. He did. He said it. And then afterwards, like QAnon message boards lit up around the world. And and this the QAnon friend of his was and his son were all over social media saying, you know, Scott is a true patriot and a believer. And and it was just incomprehensible that a few texts from a dodgy mate could get him to change an apology that was so important to so many people. Mm-hmm. And I, Lisa Wilkinson wrote, I feel really terrible for the people that, that were there to receive that apology because it must feel so tainted now mm. that, that this person had this impact. So that was the expose. And needless to say, the opposition have picked up on it. Penny Wong. <laughs> She's got some questions about it. And ScoMo's defense has been, oh, the word ritualized. No, 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 no. It was, it was another uh, victim that gave me that word. No one can provide any evidence of that. And he's refusing to answer any questions at all. And basically the sense is we need an explanation. Please don't tell us that your QAnon mate sent you a message and got you to change an official government apology. Is this another case of him just not checking with anyone else and someone he trusts gives him some information? I could only assume so. I mean, it just speaks to really bad judgment. We've all got dodgy friends. Everyone knows. And you like to think that if you're the prime minister, you're pretty cautious about how you do stuff. He just seems to constantly trip up like this. Just like, so that's, I mean, that's a big, huge thing. And I didn't have the brain space to download it when you were texting me about the foot. You were texting me like, oh my God, four corners. And I'm like, I can't, I can't oh, do well, it. Because I went into it thinking, sure, he's got a friend who's in QAnon. How could he, you can't control what happens with your friends. And like, if I had to be judged by the, even members of well, my I family. I know. <laughs> I'm an independent person. But, but I just truly, truly didn't think there was any way that the show was going to prove that this friend had any substantial influence on him whatsoever. I just, and so when. And it did, and it in did, your mind. And it did, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay he's denying okay. it. He's saying, oh, I mean, I guess he's trying to say it's just a coincidence. And then he's, yeah. he's saying this thing about, I don't want to address it because it's just providing more attention to QAnon, which is true. And that's something to yes. consider. But nonetheless, I think, yeah. you know, I, you know, in my prime minister, I just hope that they that, that their dodgy friends don't send them texts, and it's not going to change things the way that it did. <laughs> to be fair, you do text me when I'm on the project when I ask you what I should think about something. So you know, I I understand. I know, but I would say that I'm, if anything, you know that I'm I'm more of a mediating, calming. Like, you are. I'm very unlikely. You're not a prominent to, member of if, QAnon. If anything, I'm more likely to say, "Don't say that." Don't say that. Do. Just back away. You do. You often say that. I think that one thing you say to me is. Oh, look, I probably wouldn't, you know, but... (laughs) No, sometimes I add in, I understand why you would want to say that. You do, you do. I understand why you would want... Yeah. Uh, And you're right. You're right. That's shit. However... (laughs) (laughs) Now, the other thing he's done, he's obviously on his jaunt. He met Joe Biden but got lumped in with Boris, which... um, His call. He says his call. Didn't get his own meeting. Met the coin. Oh, Lizzie. But the thing that people are up in arms about is he had a photo out front of a pub and basically if you're in Australia, you can't go to the UK because ScoMo says it's COVID riddled. But a lot mm. of people in Australia obviously have loved ones there and like people like have family members who are dying or parents with cancer and they can't see them. And then ScoMo posts a photo of himself out front of an English pub like, hey guys, woo! And I was like, mate, 
And again, I'm like, who's advising this guy? Where's his sensitivity coach? What's happened? I know. It does sort of feel like he regularly gives little gifts to anyone that want to criticise him because, I mean, and, and some of the classic sentences, I don't hold a, ho- a hose, mate. I mean, that that's echoed through the ages. The vaccine rollout saying it's not a race. I mean, that one's that's <laughs> going to keep. There's like a fully another year and a half in that one. People will be able to bring it up. It does feel yeah. like, yeah, I, I'm intrigued. Oh, but surely he had people around him taking the photo and no one thought to say, ah, uh, Scott, just a moment. I don't know that we should be doing this because, you know, half of Australia, I think, has ties to England and can't, you know, they can't get to see anyone. We're a multicultural country. A lot of people's families are overseas. So do you think maybe <laughs> this is not a good idea? <laughs> they can't leave the country and they're blaming the fact that you screwed up the vaccine rollout. So, it's, yeah, it's not going to look good, mate. It's not going to look yeah, good. Yeah, right? Let's maybe just take a little selfie. Maybe like, I don't know, let's, let's do something quirky. Maybe maybe a little, little thumbs up with lids. <laughs> Anything other than a picture out front of a pub. But that's, I mean, look, I still will confidently tell you it's not going to affect him at the next election. He's still going to probably win. So whatever. Oh. <laughs> so the weird thing about it is, like, obviously, you know, obviously we're politically really not on the same page, he and I, and nor was I with John Howard, but at least with John Howard you could respect that he was a canny operator, even if I disagreed totally. with everything. Like, he, he, he knew his audience and he was cautious for the most part and careful and just none of these, like, not nearly the amount of unforced errors. And, I mean, if Johnny had a dodgy q on, mate, he wouldn't have been changing his speech. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from your dodgy QAnon mate, I say thank you. And um, <laughs> what is that? You? Yeah, me. You're not. You're not. No conspiracy theories. No, your conspiracy theories no. are li- limited strictly to pop divas. Yeah, if there was the QAnon pop culture equivalent, I would probably be the queen of that. Like whatever the QAnon equivalent pop culture conspiracy. You would be Q in that one. I'd be Q. I am Q. <laughs> but um, no, in terms of the world is run by satanic pedophiles. No, I'm. I don't. I'm not there. I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> As to which divas are carrying their babies. Different <laughs> matter all Stop together. it. Okay. Stop Sorry. it. Stop bringing that up. Sorry. All right. Again, private conversations are for private conversations. All right, have a good day. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. This is Emsolation. Well, that's it. Well done. Uh, could you hear how uncomfortable I was talking about all the council culture? It's so uncomfortable. So, 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 so uncomfortable. But hopefully, I don't know, we helped you think about it, form a meaningful opinion on it. Confused you even further. Could it be any of those things? Could be all of those things. Yeah, that's it. I'm not going to chat any longer because we have been here long enough. Don't forget to follow us at Installation Podcast at Instagram. All the information's there. Good luck in getting tickets to my second shows if you're on board for that today. And we'll chat next week. Don't forget to tell a friend. You know, we want to keep growing that community. Have a good week. Legends, I'm off on another mental side quest because I've just seen... Some birds outside that I think I want to take some photos. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm really distracted today. I think I forgot to take my medication. You always laugh. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I'm going to go. But after this, I always laugh. Like, I, I've had a few people, when I've mentioned that I have ADHD, talk about how it's like a made-up thing just so we can get access to the, the Ritalin or the, the, the legal street speed or whatever people call it. And I'm like, dude... You don't understand. Most days I forget to take it. Like, if I was addicted to this medication, don't you think I would be so excited? I forget most days. This is how you know you need it when you forget to take it. I think I forgot to take it. That might explain a lot of things. Shit. All right. 
Bye, darlings. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Mark Devilla. With videos by Liam O'Brien. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jim Evans and Georgia Watts. And occasional technical trickery and wizardry from M's dad Vinci. Get more from Emsolation with M. Rossiano by following Emsolation Podcast on Instagram. You can also join our secret club by joining our Facebook group at Emsolation. And make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. We, of course, hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll chat with you again soon.